Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Trail, WMUR's podcast focusing exclusively on all things First in the Nation primary. I'm here with WMUR political reporter John DeStaso. I'm, of course, WMUR political director Adam Sexton. And uh, we're doing this new little segment to spruce up our podcast a little bit and talk about the week's uh, First in the Nation events or necessarily not necessarily happening in New Hampshire. Sometimes it's national, as it was this week uh, with the debate down in Houston. So, John, what are some of your big takeaways uh, from the debate stage down there in Texas? Well, I think that Joe Biden uh, at least started out very sharp and strong. He, all, all attention was focused on, on Joe Biden. Would he uh, create uh, more questions about his acuity uh, after admitting to some gaffes and admitting to some misrepresentations, as he did right here on WMUR's conversation with the candidate? Uh, but he, came, he started out at least very, very strong, very focused, really uh, taking, the, taking it to Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren on the question of costs uh, of the uh, Medicare for All plan. Uh, Biden came away overall okay. He had a uh, strange answer with respect to uh, reparations and desegregation when that came up, uh, referring at one point to record players. And, uh, and we understand the context he, he meant it, but even the research he cited has, has been subject to uh, some question. I think Biden came through it status quo. I don't know that he picked anything up. Uh, the same with uh, Bernie and Elizabeth. I think they, again, there was no interaction between them, which surprised me. Beto O'Rourke had a, had a great moment, I would say, for him, whether that, when he talked about, um, you know, confiscating and buy, mandatory buyback of the uh, so-called assault rifles, using the terms, hell yes, we're going to take, take, uh, take that back. They weren't supposed to curse, but I guess that was passable. Uh, so I think those were some of the key moments. Uh, Julian Castro, right? Uh, I know from my standpoint, I was sort of like, wow, he, he really attacked Biden early. And, you know, was that a little bit too, too strong too soon when he sort of referenced his, um, his age when he asked him if he had just forgotten what he said two minutes ago. Yeah, I had talked to some people and, uh, you know, who were close watchers of the Democratic primary. They were saying, okay, uh, when he said it once, that was a you know a dig, but then he went back and said it a couple of times. Did you forget? Did you just forget that that doubling and tripling down on it right. uh, might have uh, driven in, in the point home a little bit, perhaps more yeah. than necessary? What did you think though about um, the you know that triumvirate at the top, if you will, of uh, Biden, Sanders, and Warren? It was striking. You know, you, we've seen those in the graphics and polls and all that stuff. Very interesting to see that on stage. The Democratic Party and its primaries, historically, there's, you know, there's an establishment person and then there's sort of a progressive outsider uh, who's trying to take that uh, mantle and run with it. And sometimes that's a younger person. In this case, you really saw for the first time, this is, you know, Biden, Sanders and Warren are the oldest people on that stage. And there sure. they are front and center. And one thing strikes me is that as everyone is always questioning Joe Biden about his age, no one ever questions Bernie Sanders. And Bernie seems, you know, very sharp, uh, unfocused uh, the whole time. Uh, I think it's very interesting that, again, these are the, the I guess you, if there's such a thing as a progressive establishment, that's now Bernie Sanders that, and Elizabeth yeah. Warren is, is, is right there with him uh, versus the more moderate uh, establishment, which is represented by Joe Biden. Uh, you keep waiting for someone like Buttigieg to really make a move. I thought he was he had a good debate. He was trying to be sort of the voice of reason and calm down. And he went after Castro and Castro went after Biden. Uh, there was a lot of, there was some interplay there and Castro shot back, well, this is a, this is a, this is the way, you know, 
debates are. This is a debate. This is a this is an election. But with these three at the top right now, I mean, again, it just remains to be seen. Uh, it seems like at least in New Hampshire, they. It's hard for me. I hate to predict stuff at this far out, but it looks like they would be in, in good positions going going forward, and even all the way into the primary. Right. Uh, so and those debate stages, uh, you know, you can winnow the field, uh, and sometimes people can get a little bump from not being there. It's tough, um, but the New Hampshire primary is the New Hampshire primary. Right. Who who wasn't on that stage? Uh, what comes to mind for me? Tulsi Gabbard, obviously, someone who's kind of if we're going to talk about this in NCAA terms, she's on the bubble, right? Uh, and this is someone who has generated some momentum here in New Hampshire. Uh, she's taken a slice of that uh, Bernie support uh, and gathered others uh, onto it. You know, every candidate kind of gathers their own unique group of people. Um, did right. the debates, in your opinion, uh, harm the process here in New Hampshire? Boy, um, I think ultimately they, they will not. I think right now, obviously, it draws attention away from the retail politics. And this is where we are sort of under a, a, a test. We. Uh, we were last time as well, if you remember, on the Republican side. Yet when the results were final, the votes were finally counted, uh, the, the impact of the New Hampshire primary I don't think was, was diminished one bit. It really uh, set, up, set the stage for the remainder of, of the Republican uh, primary nomination process with uh, Trump and uh, John Kasich being his, his top challenger. And if you remember, several candidates dropped out the next day. Uh, I think that this year, we, it'll be interesting to see to what degree these candidates keep coming back here. We've had ups and downs, we've had lulls, and we've had floods of candidates at, at times. Uh, you mentioned Tulsi Gabbard. She's been campaigning not only you know, in Iowa, but here very, very much. I think she's just catching on to some degree. She is a veteran. There is a veteran presence in the state of New Hampshire. The most recent polls show her in the, around the 6% level, which puts her, you know, sort of in that tier of second tier, but maybe it's sort of the top of the second tier. Right. Yeah. So. Right. And, you know, people, we've mentioned this before, and it's worth mentioning again, the neighboring state candidate dynamic can never be underestimated in New Hampshire. Uh, that being that uh, when you have a candidate running for president who comes from Vermont, Massachusetts, uh, or Maine, uh, you're probably going to see you know, uh, a decent amount of support and carryover and familiarity here in New Hampshire. Those candidates have never finished wor worse than second in New Hampshire. And this time we've got uh, Moulton's gone. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Bill Weld's on the other side, but two, and they're at the top. So uh, it's, you know, every time that we see this sort of uh, drought, if you will, of candidates not showing up, and they've showed up a lot. Uh, and New Hampshire, I was one and New Hampshire's number two, as, mm -hmm. as it probably should be in terms of visits. But you look at that, it, you have to say to yourself, if you're a candidate, uh, in that middle of the pack, and you're looking for a place to break out, that ceiling is starting to build. It's not done, you know, the, but uh, that ceiling is starting to build over you of Warren and Sanders and whatever Biden has captured up there. It's going to be tough, uh, especially with, again, those two leading neighboring state candidates for, for anybody to start to really break through those organizations. And I think what we'll begin to see will be uh, sort of the expectations game to starting to shape up where there will be candidates, if this, if this uh, stays as it is, and as I said, there's every reason to think that it will, barring some major you know, uh, gaffe by Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, uh, you have the familiarity factor of Joe Biden. Generally, that kind of supersedes uh, the uh, neighbor effect. But who will be the winner of the non-neighbor, non-Biden primary? Right. Whatever number that turns out to be, is it fourth? Right, third, fourth. Can fifth. someone 
be one of those three, perhaps. That would be something that if you're spinning this from a campaign point of view, the following day, uh, probably February 12th, right. the primary, tentatively the 11th, you're gonna say, that's a win for us. Right. A surprise second place, a surprise first place, yep. but a surprise even, second, even a third, third or fourth. Yes. That, that's going to be... Uh, and that could be where you see someone like a Tulsi Gabbard uh, uh, do well. Uh, Amy Klobuchar perhaps too. I mean, there's several. We don't know who that might be yet, but at some point there's going to be a maybe Kamala Harris. There's going to be someone who kind of, I think who kind of emerges as the leader of that segment. Right. And certainly if there ever is fighting at the top, uh, as we saw in 2003 and four between Howard Dean and uh, Wesley Clark, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. uh, if there's fatigue there after a long front runner or front running candidate battle, sometimes somebody can come and do the end around there. That's true. All right, uh, John, thanks for, as always sure. for the insight. Thank you. Uh, this podcast will continue, of course, uh, with more of our coverage. Uh, we've got a lot more to get to on the trail. Uh, but uh, before we get to that, though, uh, let us know what you think. Uh, social media, whether you love it, you hate it, uh, send us your criticism, your uh, <laughs> whatever. Hey, yeah, we'll take it, you know, insight. Insults, yep. emojis. Uh, we've been there. We've been there before. Hashtags. So. Uh, yeah. Any of that stuff you want to ascribe to us, uh, just make sure you subscribe to the trail. Thanks for listening.